0: This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, which is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pop singer songwriter Chloe Lowry has built up a diverse portfolio throughout her career. She landed her first record deal with RCA at age 12, and fresh out of high school, she toured with Janis Joplin's legendary group, Big Brother and the Holding Company, where she filled some very big shoes. She recorded on and toured for Yanni's Voices album in 2009, and for the last decade, she has toured annually with the Christmas rock troupe, Trans Siberian Orchestra. Chloe has also performed with jazz trumpeter Chris Bode, been a soloist with the New York City Ballet, and collaborated with hard rock guitarist Joel Hoekstra and Everclear frontman Art Alexakis. In the last few years, you might have seen her on tour, on Broadway, or on PBS with the rock and classical fusion extravaganza Rocktopia. And in 2019, she released her dynamic debut solo album, The In Between, which is an atmospheric take on modern pop music that chronicles the aftermath of a romantic heartbreak that leads to a personal rebirth. Outside of music, Chloe is a ballroom dancing aficionado, adores her dogs, and also collects playbills from her various theater going adventures. For this episode of Side Jams, I spoke with her via Skype from Florida, where she was spending time with her family in quarantine and recharging her creative batteries before returning to her home base of Brooklyn. Hello, Chloe. Thank you for uh, coming on to Side Jams.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here. I
0: saw you a couple of years ago at Rocktopia, the premiere party, and also the press event.
1: Yes, you did. That was a good time.
0: <laughs> the Muse song was my favorite part of the whole thing.
1: That is a good one. I feel like some sometimes the older crowds um, they don't know Muse as well, but they everyone oh. enjoys that song.
0: Well, what was your actually what was your favorite song to perform in that whole show? because you had like what three or four numbers on your own, I think?
1: I did. I, I sang alone. I want to know what love is and who wants to live forever. Those were like my main features and I'm actually I was the only person in the show that like never had a duet. Everybody else got to sing with someone at some point, and and I mean, I, when I sang, I had a couple opportunities to sing "Dream On." I did that for a few nights to cover one of the other girls,
2: right. but
1: I think, uh, you know, I think I want to know what love is. It's probably my favorite. It just it was a great moment in the show. I think the crowd really loved it. I liked the whole sing along, sing back thing to get the crowd engaged. That was fun and. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one, but I mean, it probably depends on the days which one I liked more.
0: <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of the Queen song too. Oh yeah. How do you guys roll your R's? Like I can't figure that out. Like I've never, I've never figured out how to do that. What do you mean? Like. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't do it.
1: Uh, why?
0: I, I don't know. My mom and my mom grew up in Cuba. She speaks Spanish. I speak some Spanish, but I can never figure that out.
1: <laughs> you just gotta practice, like with Cardi B, because she goes, oh. That's, like, why everyone's doing it these days. I don't know. I think some people can either do it or they can't because I've heard people who can't do it, and I don't know why. I don't know. You just breathe breathe, and roll your tongue.
0: I don't know. <laughs> this, will be, this will be one of your next YouTube tutorials.
1: Yeah, some will be, like, to teach you how to roll your R's by Chloe.
0: I know that one of the things that you sort of like to do outside of singing, because I know we were talking about this, the fact that, you know, we, we live what we do. So you think about your hobbies, and you're like, oh, wait, everything that I love is, like, part of my job now. Yeah you like dancing though
1: I do like dancing I grew up in a very musical family I mean my parents are doctors but my mom was a singer dancer played the piano played the flute played the guitar you know you name it she did it and um, my sister actually was um, in the New York City Ballet for several years she has recently retired oh wow and she got married and she now lives in California but I mean dancing has always been such a big part and I kind of feel like with music because dancing is so musical they kind of go hand in hand so it's you know one of the hobbies that I do but um really anything fitness related to it's just a big part um i think it's actually a big part for singing and mental health and things like that like people always think singing is like just like from your throat and it's actually a very physical body sport i call singing a sport because it is honestly like yoga for example really helps like with your breathing and things like that and even kind of getting behind all that and understanding why the breathing why um the stretching really helps open your body so that you can hit bigger notes and really support your voice i find that kind of fascinating So, it all goes hand in hand, yeah.
0: As far as growing up, did you ever do any ballroom dancing?
1: Funny enough, we were always like ballet, jazz, all that. And then um, my mom got into it, uh, I think later, like when she was like, I want to say like somewhere between 45 and 50. It was right after my grandmother passed and... She just became completely obsessed and it's now her pride and joy in life. She uh, competes pro-am and she's like at the top of her game. And when I was working with Yanni, actually, um, I was living in the West Palm area because that's where he lives and that's where we were doing the Yanni Voices Project. And I was looking for a dance studio and I really couldn't find anything that I liked um, other than a ballroom studio. So for about a year and a half, two years, I really studied ballroom pretty intensely and actually incorporated a lot of ballroom dancing in the Yanni shows.
0: How difficult is that for, like, the average person to learn?
1: You know, I think I think with anything, um, dancing, it, it, it helps if you are naturally coordinated to begin with. But I think, like anything else, it's just a lot of practice, a lot of time. It's like, I mean, the practice doesn't stop once you leave the dance floor. you got to practice it in your bedroom, in your kitchen. And I think if you have a passion for it and you want to stick with it, it's not too difficult. But it does help if you are coordinated to begin with. Because there is a musical element to it and all the things. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you ballroom dance?
0: You know, I don't. My brother actually does a lot of swing dancing.
1: There you go. I love swing dancing.
0: Yeah, he does Lindy Hop and all that stuff. And I think he, he does it up in the Boston area. And he's been doing some DJing, like sort of pick, picking tunes for that. And I think he even started doing a little bit of, after all these years. I think he was teaching some younger people. It's funny because I, I just, like, I have, I'm a, I'm a drummer. So, I, it's like the jokes that you know, drummers we're, were fine behind the kit. Then you get us to stand up. And it's like... <laughs> because you're used to sitting down so like you move every other part of your body except your feet like you're you're sitting still so you don't move around as much but every other part of your body's moving um, right. it's a strange thing so, so how many how many years now has your mom been ballroom dancing
1: i mean she's 63 so i think i mean it's been several years and i mean it took it, there's a whole you know there's a whole political element to it there's a whole like i mean she started there's several levels that you have to go through She's been through several different partners and um, she competes um, in the C division, which it's like These I think anywhere from like 55 to 65 or something like that. And she's, I, I would say in the top five pro and ballroom dancers in the country. Wow. She's pretty amazing. I'm
0: going to look her up. What's her, what's her name?
1: Lisa Lowry. You will find her in all her glory. She looks like me or I look like her and she's just beautiful and amazing.
0: Now, how did that affect your performances and your singing? I mean, did that how do you incorporate that into your performances when you were touring with Yanni?
1: Well, with Yanni, a lot of the numbers that I did, I mean, we were talking about it earlier, how you like the songs like Nikki Nana and yeah. you actually like the song Desire, which the whole Yanni Voices project was um basically we were taking the older Yanni songs and adding lyrics and melodies to them. Ah. So Desire was actually sung by my friend Ender Thomas. He sang a whole Spanish song on, on it was amazing. And Nicki Nana, the actual Nicki Nana song, I sang. Really? It was the encore for the show. It's like a big, you know, joyful number. Nicki Nana say, say sa. Um and I think it's like a mixture language of Greek and something else. I can't even remember.
0: But like an African dialect, I think.
1: Yeah, but I think there's like Yanni made it up. There's some story, and I'm kind of forgetting it, but I cannot remember. But <laughs> That's <all right>. um, <laughs> Uh, a lot of the numbers that I did were all there were some dance numbers. And Nikki Nana, Ender and I did like a whole little like ballroom um, salsa dance like mid uh, in one of the instrumentals for the song. Mm-hmm. So the dancing was just a entertainment element that was brought to the whole Yanni Voices project, which was really cool.
0: What do you look for in a good ballroom dancing partner?
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, you want somebody that is tall and you want somebody that is a great dancer themselves. OK. That's pretty much it.
0: Do you have, like, recollections of, like, the best and worst kind of dances you had <laughs> without naming names?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, when you are doing, like, pro and ballroom dancing, like, you have only one partner per, like, dance that you do. So, like, if you're doing international Latin, you have one teacher that teaches you all of the dances. It's not like you, like, interchange all of your teachers. Okay. So you have one teacher, and you just want to make sure that you have a teacher that is... I think, taller than you and then somebody that is well qualified that just knows what they're talking about.
0: As far as partnering up, how long of a period do you dance with one person?
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, there's people that have been with their pro-am partners for years. And sometimes like, I mean, my mom goes in fluxes of, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out like financially, you know, relationship wise. It's I mean, it's a partnership. So you have to just find somebody that like really works with you In all senses,
0: I was remembering that I I love the movie Strictly Ballroom, and I'm kind of curious what actual real ballroom dancers think of that movie.
1: (laughs) They think it's a joke.
0: It's a joke, so it's not real ballroom to them.
1: No, I mean, like uh, like Boslerman, like I mean, obviously creates like this very like fabricated version of things there's similarities as far as like the competitive aspect but like it's it's different i mean it's like any sport like there's the competitive side but then also there's like much more respect and things like that so yeah
0: so it's just exaggerated pretty much (laughs) (laughs) do you ever watch dancing with the stars
1: you know i'm not a huge fan of that show but i i I mean i have
0: watched it what do you think of some of the contestants and how long do they really they actually really think they prepare for those competitions
1: I think they prepare a lot because, I mean, the ballroom technique is not easy. Like, even a natural dancer, like, it's hard. There's a different technique from, it's different from ballet and jazz. Like, it's a whole other thing. Like, I mean, people do this, like, their entire lives, and that's all they do. Obviously, if you're a non-dancer, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, I think. I mean, I think it's great. The show obviously, like, shows ballroom in, like, a really, like, fun light. But, like, if you actually went out into, like, a real ballroom floor and you saw real professionals, you would see the difference.
0: I'm assuming it did renew interest in that art form.
1: The funny thing is is that I don't think the interest was ever gone. It's just kind of like an elite dance form it's an elite sport unfortunately like you have to be a little bit more wealthy than most to afford it right i think it's actually probably more prominent over um overseas like in eastern europe but yeah i mean it 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 brings it to light to americans because i mean ballroom was not like a huge thing in europe but that's what the show did
0: is there a style of ballroom dancing you'd like to learn
1: i don't know you know what um I honestly American smooth, but if I were to go back and like, actually like really study it and do it, um, I would do American smooth, which is basically kind of like the, like the Fred Astaire style. It's, um, that's the best way to describe it. So it's like the waltz and, you know, um, things like that, but it's very, um, 1950s Hollywood movie esque. That's how that style is.
0: That's cool. How many different styles of ballroom dancing are there?
1: there's different divisions swing dancing there's like east coast swing west coast swing and that's kind of like a whole other entity like if you do swing you just do swing and then for ballroom there's international latin international smooth and then there's american rhythm and american smooth like my mom does everything but uh international standard okay I, it gets confusing, but it's just basically if there's two, like two divisions that are the more like, you know, the waltz and things like that. And then there's two divisions that are like the salsa and the cha-cha, but there's different rules for all four different things. If that makes sense.
0: I imagine it's probably less delineation with ballet.
1: Ballet is just ballet. I mean, you got yeah. ballet <laughs> and you got point. I mean, there's different styles, but no, I mean, it's just ballet is ballet. And honestly, I think ballet is by far the hardest of anything.
0: Did you ever dance with your sister?
1: I mean we grew up in the same dance studio and it's hilarious um we would take a lot of jazz class together because that's I I can keep up with her in jazz class but ballet I would go to steps and I like to take like a beginner or beginner intermediate ballet I feel confident and comfortable in there Uh, but my sister obviously would take like the professional classes in the morning when she didn't have to work and she'd be like Chloe come on let's go take class together and I'm like, "Okay." And I mean, it's just it's, it was just, I don't know, depressing. And I'm just like, I can't. I was like, I refuse to dance, to go to ballet class with you. I was like, you just make me feel bad about myself. And <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore.
0: <laughs> uh, sisterhood.
1: I know. I'm like, I don't ask you to go to like a, like a voice seminar or anything. So I'm like, no. I was like, I'm going go to I'm gonna go to my level of ballet and you can do your level of ballet. Okay.
0: That's funny. Yeah, my brother and I never really had the same kind of, I mean, Eric played violin growing up and I did some clarinet. I wanted to play drums, which I later did in high school, but since it was good to have at least a musical foundation, I think, I think everybody should actually do something artistic not just as a career, but just, just to express themselves.
1: I agree. And I mean, I know some people don't have a passion for it and that's absolutely fine. I completely don't understand it, but I get it. But I do think it's like something that uh, parents and even if your parents don't like you should dive into something like that at some point in your life and just see if it, you know, if it takes you anywhere.
0: I think so. I mean, it, it's life's an adventure and I think it's good to have that outlet.
1: I totally agree.
0: And then as far as fitness, does it keep you in shape more? Cause it's just so rigorous.
1: Does dancing keep you in shape more? Is that the question? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. I think, dan- I mean, if you look at like all dancers, like I me mean, they have the, the greatest bodies, it's just, it's, it's a total full body workout. It just, it does. It keeps you in great shape and it's fun. It makes you feel good about yourself. I, I think Working out, like when people do like boot camps and stuff, that's just it becomes monotonous. And I feel like with dancing, especially if you're musical and you like the song that you're dancing to, it just makes it that more enjoyable. And bonus, you're getting a workout and getting in shape, so win-win.
0: How does that affect your workout routines now? Do you take any of the lessons you learned there and apply it to fitness now?
1: I have to say, ballroom is one of the things that I have not kept up with. Just to be honest, it's actually it's a it's a very expensive sport. I would like put it up there with equestrian. Um, It's just one of those, you know, you just really need to be financially like super, you know, in the right spot to be able to afford it. Yep. So I do not do that at the moment, but I do take ballet and jazz at my studios in New York. Um, and then I also do like a lot of cycling and a lot of yoga. I do a little bit of boxing.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like to keep it varied, but I mean, working out is, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's essential for once again, mental health. And then also just for being a singer and an entertainer. It's just, it's part of the job. it They go, I keep saying hand in hand, but really that's, it's, that's the reality.
0: It's been said that, some people who run actually do a lot of running. That's actually going to wear your knees down at a certain point. Is there such a thing as, as is there sort of overdoing it with exercise? Even the same thing with singing, like just rehearsing too much. Is there a point that you have to stop? You have to set a limit?
1: Yes, of course. Especially um, like I think singers need to be careful with weightlifting which is interesting because when you're a singer, if you're tense in any part of your body um, or like your muscles are completely restricted or tightened, you don't have the full airflow and the relaxed muscles to you know support your voice. So if, those who do like extreme weight lifting and really lift up, especially like weights above your head, you'll get like a tension in your neck that happens to everybody. Right. And that prevents you from being able to really sing. So it's like you just have to like one day you can do weights and then the next day you can't. It's not like you can do one thing all the time. Okay. But I also, but I mean, I think like yoga, you really can't do enough yoga. I think it's just about stretching and breathing and all those things are amazing. So yeah, you just have to pick and choose when and what you can do.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've always been kind of lazy about exercising. I'm lucky because I have that fast metabolism <laughs> uh, you are lucky.
1: You just have to eat whatever you want. You stay skinny.
0: <laughs> uh, at one point, I stopped drinking soda. Two months later, I'd lost five pounds without exercising. I mean, I do pay... Actually, and when I work at home, and I pace around in my apartment a lot, when I do phone interviews, I do, you know, walk around and I pace all the time, which I think does burn off a little bit of calories because I'm doing it constantly. Of course. Uh, you know, I mean, New York is great for that. I, I, I've i realized that. And every time I go to Europe, I notice that people in Europe, we don't they don't have as much obesity there. But then I tend to be in the cities where everyone's walking around. So I'm wondering if I go to the countryside, if that's different.
1: No, I feel there is something with Europeans. I don't. Um, yes, they are constantly always moving. I think I hate to say this, but I think the, the food quality over there is better. I mean, I think that's oh, yeah. been a huge debated topic but i really do because i feel like i've gone to france and paris and i've eaten baguettes every day all day and i'm like i come home and i'm like oh my gosh i must have gained 10 pounds and i lost four and i'm like how <laughs> did that happen and i literally just lived off of bread
0: you know, just out of curiosity how many different countries have you been to now on tour
1: um obviously i've been to every state in america other than alaska i've done mexico and i've done most of europe on tours and that's about it. I have yet to be gone. I haven't gone to Asia. I haven't gone to South America yet. Um, haven't gone to Africa. There's a, I, there's a lot of traveling I need to do, but I have been fortunate to go places on tours to be able to work and then go see all these amazing sites. It has been very cool.
0: Yeah, we're well, young. You, you got some time. Yeah, you I know, got a few more decades to. Like, I use hope it so. On. I
1: don't know if we ever get out of this coronavirus. My God, it's just like, are we ever gonna get back to life?
0: Well, at least you were able to escape to Florida.
1: You know, I am. I am grateful for that. I have o- the ocean right out here. I've got a pool. It's hot. I've been able. I'm literally so tanned. It's the only po- like real positive thing. Um, my parents have a piano. <laughs> I've been able to write and to work. But I mean, it's 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 strange. It's like I'm not lonely, but it's lonely. Like um. I don't know I miss like my friends and the normal life and I miss singing I've even I've done like quarantine videos of singing you know just so I can at least contribute in some way because I also feel like there's nothing I can really do other than stay home to like help this whole pandemic but we're all doing what we can and just trying to get through I just try not to focus on it too much (laughs) otherwise I'm like ah
0: it is kind of a weird time I mean I'm I'm trying to go out for walks I tend to I'm a vampire so I tend to go out for walks at night which which is actually better because there's nobody around nice and you also love your dog. You have one or two dogs, I forget.
1: I have two dogs. That's
0: that's right. Because I, I see, you see you've posted some pictures of them.
1: Yes, they are so cute. I have actually my one, my German Shepherd Husky Lola. Um, she is, she's actually literally right underneath me. She's six. I've had her since she was two. I rescued her. And then I have Bodie, who is my French Bulldog. And he is actually going to be four on Friday. And they're just kind of like this strange, odd duo, but they're great. I love them. I'm really grateful for them
0: yeah it's challenging being a pet owner in new york for one and dogs obviously need a lot of attention then you go on tour so what are the challenges of that when you're away you
1: know um i'm lucky i have a really good um well let me start uh when my sister used to live in new york she now lives in la she would help out with uh the dogs which was super great because she lived in brooklyn at the time i was living in astoria and when i go on tours throughout the year i'm lucky enough um my ex and I, who we shared our dogs, he right. watches them, and we kind of have, like, joint custody, and it's totally great. Um, and then we both tour for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And so when we both go on tour, I actually have to drive them down to Florida, and my parents watch them during the holidays.
0: I, I don't know if I've ever heard of pet joint custody before. That's interesting. I
1: right? know, joint custody of a dog. I mean, they're may- <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but honestly— I mean, anybody in New York who has dogs, you'll realize or you know that it is expensive for dog sitters or people to stay overnight. And I do have a few friends that will cover for me, like if I have to leave town for like a weekend gig or something like that. But I'm lucky that like he lives a couple miles away. And when I need him and when I go on tour and work, he will watch them. And then my parents love them. So I'm lucky.
0: I mean, it's interesting to think that people, you know, recognize the fact that, you know, animals are like people. And it's got to be weird if you were involved with someone for a while and they got to bond with your pet.
1: Yeah, These animals, well, in my situation, these animals were our animals. And then when we split, I mean, I just, I kind of took over because that's just what I do. But he is <laughs> always there when I need him. And it's great. And, I mean, he's, like, uh, was it last year I went on tour with Rocktopia for, like, six weeks or something? And he yeah. had them for an entire six
0: weeks. That's cool. So great. That's great. Yeah. Are there any things that you collect? Are you a collector of anything? For a while, I was I was obsessed with soda bottles. I used to drink oh. a lot of soda. Oh, well,
1: interesting. I like a soda bottle. Ah anything like collect
0: especially because you tour so much with tso
1: oh you know what i actually started in the last i would say like five ten years um playbills every show that i go to and i'm sad i didn't do it when i was younger um my mom still has some from like when we made our like new york trips when i was like eight or nine and we saw some broadway shows like i saw the original cast of like jekyll and hyde and the scarlet Pimpernel, and um i think aida and things like that but And even in high school, um, I would, I finished my last two years of high school in New York. And I remember I saw Wicked with Idina and Kristen Chenoweth in previews. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. Like, why didn't I keep those playbills? Because I don't know I feel like they're just super sentimental. So now I'm just really adamant about like any show that I go to, I I keep all the playbills. I keep like like a ticket stub if I can find it just, you know, for memories, but that's, I think that's actually about it, really.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I have a lot of playables. I mean, I collect a lot of stuff. They actually have these folders you can get. I was buying them online, like you, you know, with plastic sheets to put them in.
1: Um, oh, that's actually really good. I should totally do that.
0: Somebody was also a marketing like these boxes. And I'm not sure if they make them anymore, but it's just something for storage. Cause it depends how many. I mean, I've seen like a couple hundred shows now in the last 15 years, I think. So, um, wow, but, you know, and yeah, it is. It, it, it's weird because you collect these things, you don't always look at them, but then. When you go back to it, it makes you think about when you really pile up, even if you just collect the tickets, it makes you realize, I'm sure you've seen a lot of shows, you realize how much you've actually seen.
1: I know, no, I know. You're just like, whoa, I've seen like 32 shows and didn't even realize it.
0: So you're the kind of person that will like wait after the show to get autographs. You have a lot of autograph playbills.
1: You know what? I'm not. I have to be honest. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Some people like it, some people don't, you know?
1: I collect my playbills. I uh, literally, I have them like a stack in my room. I don't really love the whole like celebrity, like I need an autograph type thing. That's just not my mo. But I know some people are really adamant about that, and you know, cool. It's just not my thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, Rocktopia was was it was, it was an interesting experience. That the premiere party was was fun. I think you guys were a little overwhelmed by the end of the night. Was so much going on.
1: Oh my gosh, it was it was crazy. It was just it was wild. I mean, that whole. Like, I mean, that was, uh, like, Rock Chucky was my first Broadway experience, and it, um, I mean, I, although I've, like, grown up around Broadway and all that stuff, it was my first show that I've been in. Um, Broadway was never, like, something that I was, like, super adamant about doing. I was, it was just kind yeah. of one of those things I was, like, one day down the line I'm going to do. But, I mean, it was such a whirlwind. We had such a short rehearsal period, and um, just to, like, get thrown up on stage. I mean, it was, like, we rehearsed, like, we ran that show, like, 12 times in like eight days which is like almost too much and then we just got thrown into it and it was just like go 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 um i mean it felt like a blink but um i'm really grateful for that experience and i love the people that are involved and you know just yeah only positive things to say about it
0: well thank you thank you
1: yeah thank you
0: in the future i want to hear some yanni tour stories
1: oh my gosh i will totally tell you everything
0: That wraps up this latest episode of Side Jams. Please join me for the next installment, which will feature rocker, film composer, and activist Serge Tankian. The tunes used in this episode are from Fox and the Law, and I license them through AudioSocket. As always, thank you very much for listening.